Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. And now, join Kevin Hart as he dives into the minds of some of the world's funniest comedians. This is Comedy Gold Mines with Kevin Hart. Welcome, world. Welcome to all new episode of Comedy Gold Mines. God damn it. What do we do what, people? What do we do here? We get inside the minds of brilliant comedians. And oh my God. Oh my fucking God, what amazing minds they are. Why? Well, because we're great people. We're great fucking people, man. And sometimes great people are, are, are deep. And that's what this is about. This podcast is about putting that deep on display. And today, today, well, goddamn, we're going to get deep. I'm talking to a friend, a mentor, a fucking piece of inspiration, a true player in the game of comedy. And when I say true player, I mean that because to have a stance in this space, for years on years on years all right that's years, enough years. years all right that's and, enough years you're gonna um, keep adding them <laughs> yeah so i did I, I added too many years you know what? i stopped right there <laughs> ladies and gentlemen uh king of comedy he is a real fucking stand-up guy he is and when i say an inspiration i do mean it please welcome dl hughley to goddamn comedy gold mines what's up dl what's up man it's, it's, i've been trying to get it for a while i'm glad to be on I'm glad to have you on, man. You know, I got to start off, man, by simply just saying, I appreciate you for coming on. And what I mean when I say an inspiration, you know, who you have now become as a voice for our culture, our community, um, you know, a, I, I don't want to say, you know, I don't want to call you an activist because I don't know your stance in place uh, in the in the world of activism, but um, when it comes to bringing a high level of awareness uh, to the times and just and, and showing why our platforms are important and how they should be used, dude, you've you've taught me so much and just watching how you've handled Thank yourself you, over the Thank years you. on air, off air, um, you know, how you've made your presence felt. And I just want to say that that's dope as fuck to see you manage it the way that you have. And you've, you've Thank also you. still managed the funny. You, you, you haven't lost the funny. You've done a great balance of that. Where some, some get into that political space and they, they lose one side of it, right? It becomes all of nothing. Um, you've done a good job of fucking, of being in that water on that seesaw and, and doing them both well. Is that something that you've been mindful of, DL? Or is it just kind of worked out like that? I, I only think one thing, my, my job is to be as clear as I can be. And uh, mm -hmm. I, I, I understand that the gig is to, you know, to, to, to make people laugh or if you're on television to sell tennis shoes and potato chips, it's, it's like, I don't think it's all that important, but I do think that one of the things I, I do take great care in is guarding my perspective. Uh, mm -hmm. I think the most expensive real estate 
on the face of the earth is what's between your ears. And I've taken great care to, to guard that and to be as authentic to that perspective as I could be. But all the other stuff will kind of just fall into place. I love stand-up. It's, it's my first love, not excluding my wife and family, but it's my first love. And it's something that uh, I, I just feel honored to be able to do. And I think that uh, I think the art itself is, is under attack. Uh, you know, through from all kinds of uh, uh, arenas, through, through, it's, it's just under attack. And I think that one of the things I can do uh, is to be as clear about it and as forthright about it as I can comedically. When you say under attack, right? That's uh, it's it's a great way to reference it. Um, you know, our, our space and our craft today, right? I mean, because right. the the way that I the way that I've talked about it as of late is that the lines have now been blurred. Uh, significantly, and we've we've lost the boundaries sure. um, that that once existed, and you know we're we're right. now we're now in a place where we're trying to find our comfort level and doing what we do while still right. making sure that we're respectful of those that we should be respectful to. Um, do you feel like there's a progression within the space that we're in in comedy today? Like, no, I don't. I think that. I, I think that anytime you can do less than you used to be able to do, that's by definition not progression. Mm -hmm. Obviously, it's, it's it's progression. But I think that there is a first off, the line never existed. I think we pretended to be. I think that if we were the society in in in, in reality that we pretend to be, then I wouldn't have a problem with us, uh, you know, uh, going after the things we do comedically. We're not a society that is as, as genteel and as fair as we pretend to be. And so trying to make uh, an art form adhere to some panacea that you're not even living uh, adhere to that is, is ridiculous to me. But com comedy has always uh, made people uncomfortable. I don't think it's a space where comfort exists. And I think comfort is something um, that kills you anyway. But ultimately, my job is to tell you how I see it. That, uh, you know, whatever, that's not funny. I don't think that's funny. Well, motherfucker, don't listen. I'm not, uh, this is, it's not collaborative to me. Mm -hmm. I don't sit down and write jokes and go, I hope you get it. I'm just, my only goal is to be as clear as possible. It's, and I think that in that goal and to be as authentic and honest as, as, with myself as I can be, everything else would be a guess. I can't really interpret into it how you would feel. I would really never know that. Everything else, the only thing I can control is how I feel about something. Everything else I do is, is by definition inauthentic because I'm guessing at how you might feel or what you might, your, your, your uh, perspective on it might be, what your opinion of it might be. So everything else is a guess. All I can do is be who I am. Well, the thing that I think stands out to me most, and you know, I've said it a couple of times on this podcast, is the thing that we are really losing sight of is the definition of a fan, right? Like a, a fan, you're making a choice to say, I support said person. Exactly. I like this person's talent. Right. And there's another choice to people that you don't like or that you choose to not be a fan of. And right. you don't have to support or go see. You don't have to. You don't have to. Like, that's a, that's a real thing. I feel like in today's time, it's like if someone says they don't like someone, the initiative then is to make everybody else not like you either. Not like yeah, that's that's high school, yes. which I dropped out of. Yeah. That, that's really it's interesting because it's 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 like I'm not gonna like them, so everybody. I, listen, I think that people now now we want our choices made for us. We go and read Yelp reviews, and we you know we, we ask people's opinion. I think that that it is okay to have an opinion that's divergent from the group. Mm -hmm. It is okay to like things that people don't like. Everybody don't like onions. Everybody don't like so so. I, I think you. 
you you have the ultimate choice. You don't have to listen to them on the radio. You you have to seek out the things you don't like. It's almost like if if I if I go in my refrigerator and I go, this milk is sour, taste it. No, you don't have to, motherfucker. You, have you to. can say no. Yes. You really can. You don't have to. You have the ultimate autonomy. You can say that you don't want to be involved. I do think that the art form, I, you know, because I don't want to get to this thing with back in our day and our, but I think that one of the things that I think think is distinctly different is that. When we grew, when we were coming into our own uh, professionally, um, there was an understanding like I'm going to do this and you're going to do like there was a place where artists did what they did. You either like it or didn't. But now and we, and we, we didn't have necessarily it was a collaboration with the audience. Now, I think audiences are training entertainers the things that they'll accept. They're telling them where the line is. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's restricting the art form because people are so afraid that something's going to be taken from them, or that an art will not, uh, that, that an audience is going to reject them, that we're not seeing the full, the, the, I, I think the full potential, we're not going the places we need to go, we're not expansive as we used to be, and I think that the art form itself is suffering because of that. You're compromising the the craft. You're compromising yeah, the, the, you the art in general, right? Like if, right. You, if you're putting an artist at a, at a disadvantage of fear um, based off of, a line that's kind of being drawn, but even though I never come close to it, I don't even want to teeter around it. Let me not do, right, let me right. not, it's a, it's a constant right, change right. and pivot, right? And this doesn't mean, of course, that we're talking about people that, you know, are, are speaking on the malicious side of things or talking down, like we're not, we're not speaking about that. We're talking about just in general at now, the way that we have to approach our job. Yeah, I, I don't think anything, by the way, I don't think anything is off bounds. There are things I'm not going to listen to, but I think the the very definition of free speech means that people might say things I'm I'm opposed to. I, if somebody says things or is inclined to say things I don't think I like, I don't listen to mm -hmm. them. That that doesn't and I, and I don't have to have uh, them be taken out there. I don't want them canceled. I just won't listen to mm -hmm. them. You know, there are things that are just not good for my spirit, and I won't do it. And everybody has that kind of power over over of what they let into their heads and hearts. But I think. Now we're trying to make this fall, uh, uh, you know, world where we're, we're more racist than we pretend to be. We're more homophobic than we pretend to be. We're not as open-minded as we pretend to be. But you want this art form to conform to this idea that you're not even here. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. And I think that the, the reason things change, comedy has been responsible, I think, from an art perspective, uh, for changing things. Like, look at the way that the LBGTQ community is, is looked at. It wasn't from activism. It was from laughing. It was from sitcoms and Allen. We had Martin Luther King and Malcolm X. They had to get assassinated. All they had to do was hire great writers. So, so the humor has made us be able to see things clearer than we, than we ever had before. And it's really been a way that we move forward. And I think it, the opposite is true. When you look at the great sitcoms, like look, look at All in the Family, the things they laughed at and the way that it made us see ourselves. And now you couldn't even broach those subjects now. And I think it's incumbent on on us to just do what we artistically feel that is organic to us, and 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 just kind of see what happens. But I, I just that's kind of been my my idea. I'm just going to do what I do. I will say that I've seen a high level of appreciation though for live entertainment being back, right? Like for us now, um, of course, after pandemic, not that we're completely out of it right. because we're still there's still some uh, some some cobblestone out there that we're going over. Right. But people right. are coming out. People want to laugh. People people want to get back to enjoying life. And what I am finding, you know, just from talking to other comics, right, is the response. The response and ticket sales, the response and and people just gravitating toward this particular 
craft, this energy, the idea of laughing, there is a want and need for it. And I think, you know, there there is a light at the end of this tunnel, right? Like when when I was saying, like, do you see it progressing? I I think that we took some steps backwards just in a um just in the, the the word of understanding, right? From from our art and you trying to control or navigate our art for us and not allowing us to do the thing that we do at the level that we want to do it at. Like it's a it's a yin and yang of communication. And you know, then some of us had to go rogue, some of us had to play outside the lines for a little bit. But I feel like because people are showing up at the level that they are, um, you got to get back to the place of understanding that this art form is one that's solely done to bring joy. It's done to bring joy. I think it's done for a lot of reasons. I also, you know, the one thing I will say about, uh, to push back a little bit, when you see somebody get assaulted on TV mm-hmm. and somebody goes, well, he shouldn't have told that joke. Mm-hmm. I'm mean, talking about a larger percentage. Now there is... There, there's almost this punitive aspect of, and I think it, a lot of it is resentment. What if I said that at my job? Well, motherfucker, you would get fired. But that's not. I think that there is a, there is a, there is a kind of resentment toward the freedom that some people are allowed to have, just because by definition, because of what they do. But I, I think there is a, a, a desire by society to bring us to heal because we're kind of like the, 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 the encourageable child that just won't kind of act right, and so mm-hmm. you gotta kind of always be doing. So I, I think there is an elementally a lot of that, like I. You can't go anywhere without someone saying, if I'd have said that, if I did that, right is right and wrong is wrong. If you don't like a joke, you don't have to go. And if you don't want jokes told about you, stop giving people information where people are going to make jokes about you. Mm-hmm. You, you, have to, you, 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 can't, you can't have it both ways. And, so I, and, and even, even I've tried to be as transparent as I could be just so somebody couldn't do something or say something that I'm, I'm, that I'm not comfortable. Sometimes I got to be comfortable saying it myself. So if I hear it, it doesn't sound as foreign to me. Yeah. But I, I think that we just have gotten to this place. And I think it takes people like you and people who, who continue to get on stage to kind of just do it no matter what everybody thinks. Uh, I think what Chappelle is doing in the space, I think a lot of bright comics, Chris, and all, comics on a daily basis are going out there and doing what they do. And, and audiences are responding to that. Like, mm-hmm. like, cause no matter how loud people are, there's st- there was a reason you caught that piece of tape because people were out there seeing this dude do his thing, mm-hmm. or this mm-hmm. this woman do her thing. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there's a reason you got that audio. <laughs> there's a reason there's laughing in it. It's because you somebody came out to see this person do this thing, and oftentimes that thing is is uh, kind of uh, you know jammed up, and everybody it passed around, and everybody then can make a judgment about what they weren't there to see, and it's just. I think we have to just be diligent to who we are and authentic to who we are. And I think where we are right are now. Are you still in love with the craft? I, I've, I've never been more. I think being in love is to fall in love over and over again. Mm. There are things, obviously, I dislike. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't like traveling. <laughs> That's not uh, fun. Uh, but I, once I get there, you know, I know something about every place I've ever performed. I know I can remember an outfit I wore. I can remember a drink I had, a meal I had. I can remember an audience about every and that's been thousands and thousands and thousands of places I've performed, but I remember something about every, every time I've ever gotten on stage. And I think it's just love and passion. So I just, I, I can't see why anybody would want to come off the road. How many years are you? 32. 32? 32. 32, yeah. Wow. 
32 years. Mm -hmm. So when you say now, I mean, look, still as a touring comic, as a headliner going out, we say you don't like the traveling. Uh, of course, that just comes with wear and tear of the road, right? Like just the, the inner city, out of city. Right. Um, what have you changed the most now? What's the biggest change in how you travel and how you handle? Well, I can't keep my dog with me. <laughs> like I have an actual dog with me when I travel. You know, obviously the people that I need. But the thing I've changed the most is I always make time to exercise and always to, to make time to meditate. Okay. You know, to, to kind of do a thing where I, I, I'm going from one kind of ecosystem to another and I don't pretend it's, they're the same. Okay. So I don't pretend the cities are the same and the hotels the same. I, I kind of am trying to, I try to, this is dumb, but I try to be as present as I can be. I get off a plane, I drink a bunch of water, I try to exercise a little bit. I, I I meditate, take a nap, and I'm ready to go. And so it's just, but I disconnect from where I was before and get it. It's like a, 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 the football player putting his helmet on. Wow. And the dog, I've read that the dog that you travel with, uh, of course, is um, it, it serves as a memory of your father that passed away. Right. right? How long has the dog been with you? Uh, two, just before the pandemic. So he's two, a little over two. So I remember I was missing my father a lot. You know, and, which I never thought I would, actually. I mean, I love my father a lot, but I, I thought, you know how you, like, foolishly um, think that, oh, wow, he's not suffering anymore, or, you know, you you, you make all the, he had a good life, like, all the things you tell yourself, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. I was yourself. That yeah, you like, yeah, yeah to, to make yourself, but instantly that didn't work. Like, instantly, I was like, I was just a dude who didn't have a father <laughs> anymore, so... Um, mm -hmm. And I was really, really sad about it. And so one day, uh, you know, and I always loved the kids. And I, and at the same time, I was losing, um, you know, a dog I'd had for 16 years. And I was always saying the next dog I have um, is going to travel with me. So uh, I lost okay. my father, and I was missing my father, and I was telling him about it, and I lost my dog. I, like it was, it was, a, I was like pretty sad about it. Back to back, it came in, it came in in sections. Yes, <laughs> but in waves. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, damn. Yeah, you, got, you ain't got a daddy or a dog, nigga. What is going on? <laughs> what did you do? <laughs> I felt like a country star. Yeah, I lost my dog and my daddy. I'm what church? What church did you piss on? Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> so then one day I go to work and my daughter and wife come in and they have this dog, and he was from where my father was from. Wow. And I named him Charlie. And we've been uh, on the road ever since. So it's just, uh, so, you know, it, it isn't like I have him to keep people away from me. I have him. So I have my father with me all the time. So we, we travel around. And, and actually, I have better conversations with him than I ever had with my father. Because neither one of them can talk. So that's great. So, um, so that's <laughs> but, good. So, so there, there's a win. There's a big W there. A, yeah, it, it feels better. Let's go. I want to go back. I want to go back in time for a second, man. Um, you know, I've had Steve on the podcast. I've talked to Sed. And in talking to those guys, um, you know, of course, we talked about the timeline of the Kings of Comedy right. and the tour right. and the numbers right. that you guys did back then and just right. the, the wave um, that came with that moment, mm -hmm. right? You now experiencing that, you guys all go on your your separate paths, still brothers, still close, of course. Right. Looking at, you know, the new comics, the new generation, this new wave of people coming up. Um, how often do you go back to that place mentally? How often do you go back and reflect on that time uh, with the kings of comedy and, and how monumental 
that movement was. And, and truly, honestly, um, door opening it was for the likes of myself um, and others that came after to go and perform um, in that type of set, to make comedy that type of event again. You guys kicked that off. Do you ever tap back into that? You know how Facebook has memories like every once in a while a memory will pop up and it, you, you know on, on your on your on your on your account it'll just be a memory yep and you th- why when it pops up you really are happy about it but it's it's not something you think about all the time it's kind of like that like that facebook memory oh wow that was and you get all the warm feelings and 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 just really knew you understand how impactful it was but then you don't think about it that much so like it's like you know, wedding pictures or graduation, uh, you know, or, or certificates you keep on the wall. The, I think that if you live in the moments, if you marry moments and you think about them too often, it crowds out the space that you need to move forward. Wow. Um, there's only so much bandwidth anybody has. And I think they're, they're decided, there are two kinds of people. There are people who, who want to stay in the past because uh, it, they kind of feel like that's the best they're going to ever get. And there are people who want to see what else is out there. And I tend to think, I, it's very, I, I, every time I see Seth or Steve, I'm obviously reminded. Every time I'm somewhere and somebody says that, I'm obviously reminded. And it's a very warm feeling. And I and I and I, all those warm feelings flooding back. And the minute come flooding back, but then it's time to go on and do something else. I mean, I'm very, uh, I, I was ecstatic to be a part of it. It is a very powerful memory and a warm memory. And, and one of the, honestly, the most uh, transcendent things I've ever done and been a part of. But it's still a part of history. And history is just that. I just can't make it happen again. Just, I have other things I need to do. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. The Daily Show podcast has everything you need to stay on top of today's news and pop culture. You get hilarious satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from John and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else, like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition, wherever you get your podcasts. Did you guys hear about that couple that went on vacation and one spouse murdered the other? In fact, the entire vacation was planned just so that they could make the murder look like an accident. Ah, so like a slaycation. Oh boy, sounds like a fun new true crime podcast to me. On every episode of Slaycation, we'll examine true cases of people who were killed while on vacation. Was it murder? (coughs) Or just a horrible accident? (coughs) That's up to you and the law to decide. But either way, if you leave for your vacation in the plane and come home under the plane, you've definitely gone on a Slaycation. Join us every week for a fascinating new episode. 911, what's your emergency? But make sure to pack your body bags, because getting away can be murder. This is Slaycation. When you say other things that you want to do, talking to DL, what I respect the most about you is you are as transparent um, as they come. You know, you said in the beginning of the podcast, you say you just try to be as clear as you can. Um, You know, I'm no stranger to stepping in shit. 
my shoes have been fucking uh funky. Sure. You stepped in some shit. Sure. Your shoes have been funky. What I love the most is that um we've we've washed the shoes off and we've we've never right. tried to hide the shoes or throw the shoes away. Right. Um I feel like they've right. ultimately even made me better as a man and in my craft, they made me approach it better as well. Over the years, we talk about you now. Um, DL Hughley, right. are you a better comic today than you were then? Um, after going through and dealing with? I, I think I am. I think I'm more clear. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's not as much uh, uncertainty now. I'm very certain mm-hmm. about the things I believe. I'm very expansive in my viewpoint. I've had a continuum of experiences uh, that, you know, it's, it's like when I was growing up and I was a kid, I would only eat peanut butter and jelly because it was all I knew. And now it's, it's not something I think about. It's just, I think that I am perfectly comfortable being exactly where I am. I don't have to marry, like, and I said this earlier, I don't have to marry moments. I'm perfectly comfortable being exactly how I am, uh, where I am and feeling exactly how I feel. I don't have to, I don't have to go, well, I felt that way. I don't have to justify how I feel. If, if I feel this way right now, it's how I feel right now. I don't have to marry that. Mm-hmm. But if I feel another way tomorrow based on information or based on something that happened or experience, I'm comfortable with that too. So I just, I think I'm more ambidextrous, ambidextrous uh, comedically and intellectually than I was. You seem just at ease, right? Like I've, I've known you for years. I have. Talked to you several times, but there's, I'm getting such a sense of calm in, in talking to you, right? Like you just right. seem like you're at peace and I don't know what that means for you. I can't, uh, create the definition of it because I'm not you but in talking to you there's a fucking there's this like little there's a there's an aura about you that just seems mentally relaxed you seem as if you are in a amazing space um and yeah. you know whatever it is that you're doing that you can credit that to I applaud you but it's visible it's 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 really visible in talking to you now I'm, I'm not restless. I'm not even like, like obviously things will happen, but I, I'm a man. I stand like I'm a solid dude. And I know that that matters. I have character. I understand what that means. And that matters. And that carries the day. Mm-hmm. And I can say this, I'm the man now that the little boy I was always wanted to be. Wow. Like I, I when you don't, like, honestly, and I, I don't know if it was like that losing your father and then, COVID and all, like it was a lot of things that happened but all of a sudden um you know I I, I know that I can rescue me mm. I know I can be there for me I know mm-hmm. that I could be enough and I don't really feel as anxious about things as I as I as you know when you when you are kind of uncertain about a lot of things um you're, you're more anxious and now I'm 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 on that 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 thing and I don't know I can't tell you what kind of um specific effect those things had on me, but I know the after effect of them is a uh, reassurance that I'm enough. I, I love that, man. I, I love you having that understanding. What, was there ever a point, because if you're saying that you're enough, what was the point where you were like, you're not enough? Every day, every year before that. <laughs> every year before that. <laughs> <laughs> so 31 of, the, of those and two of them. <laughs> Hey, I got two good years of. Like, yeah, I got yeah. two years of figuring it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> two years, I'm I got my enough. two the years. Rest of them, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. This, <laughs> the rest of them, I was like, Man, yeah, fuck yeah, this, yeah, fuck yeah. this shit. I was a lot, yeah. I was a lot more, more restless, and a lot more um, 
uncertain. And I keep, but I don't really know another word to use. I just didn't know. And I was just trying to find this thing that would make me feel this way. And then I could be this thing. I'm just, I'm just, I think I'm, I really do think I'm dope. I really do. I think I'm like, I, I fuck with me. I'm like, I, and I'm like, that's cool if you don't, but I, you know, I, I'm gonna go home with me. You do. Yeah. I fuck with, I think I'm dope. You do. So what is, what does DL want now? Right? Like when we, when we talk about this business, we talk about stand up, we talk about the state of comedy and where it is. Mm-hmm. Um, what are you looking for from the business at this point? I mean, uh, a comedian, an author, a host, you do so much. I love doing the radio. I love writing books. We're writing, we're hopefully this uh, sitcom with Fox will come through. So we'll know in the next couple of weeks. I want a way, I want as many apparatuses to keep expounding on my uh, perspective as I can. Okay. Be, that, be that books, uh, be that the radio show, be that social media, be that uh, television. I, j- I just, I want a, a place or places where I can keep uh, having a space to say the things I believe. And I think, uh, and that kind of regenerates itself. It's like, it's like, it's just, I think it's all the same, like it's like, like Taco Bell, it's all the same shit just folded a different mm-hmm. way. And I think I want to do that. I'm in the business of telling people how I think and what I see and what I believe. And I want as many kind of incarnations of that as possible. I love your involvement in it though, right? Like, I mean, I, I, I do believe in giving the, the, the people their flowers while they're still here. And, you know, you're, you're a pioneer. You cannot you cannot look past the the legend of D.L. Hughley and and what you've done um, for the culture, especially within comedy, right? So when you talk about the world of BET Comic View in the in the earlier years, right? There's there's a certain amount of hosts that touched that stage that made an impact on careers on on lives, right? And uh, D.L. Hughley's attachment to Comic View was legendary. When you talk about Def Comedy Jam, you talk about Young D.L. and 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 ambitious D.L. You coming on the scene, your presence. Well, there's only a certain amount of people from that era that got the real opportunities and the real opportunities back then that people tried to seize was the comic to get a TV show. Fuck man, a TV yeah. deal, a TV show. And that's the let few it. that made it happen. You, you gotta, you gotta understand like that was, that was door, that was door defining opening. Like you, yeah. that's, that's yeah, putting the hinges on these doors for just the idea of the next generation to come mm-hmm. in. So um, the Hughleys and, and, you know, once again, we need the fucking flowers. You're talking about uh, your your black man on TV portrayed positively as a husband with kids, et cetera. Like those things, you know, we we had the few far and in-between versions of them. But when you talk about you, we talk about Damon Wayans. We talk about, uh, regardless of his personal matters, um, talent is what we're speaking on. Cosby, you talk about. You know, uh, even that, even that, that's so funny. When you talk about Cosby, um, it's almost like you have to differentiate yourself. Listen, Bill Cosby, through his art, changed the trajectory of African Americans in this country. Absolutely. So there's no, 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 no you, 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 you're not, you're not one of anything. You're not all of anything. Mm-hmm. There is, is it impossible to talk about entertainment uh, in a space or the ascension of black people without mentioning Cosby? It's impossible no, to do, you, you, you and, can't. and you can't you can't kill that effect. So, you, the, the fact we have black president, the fact that more black women now, have, they're the most educated se- segment of our society because of Cosby and different worlds. So, 
it's almost like because of whatever else went on with him. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you 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 can't take away what look OJ uh, was one of the baddest running back ever. He still mm-hmm. killed a couple of people. Yeah. <laughs> <Just saying. laughs> they don't they don't have to. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna let this motherfucker have a catering service, but yeah. I will. <laughs> <Yeah>. but I <laughs> will. <laughs> people almost want to kill everything else you've ever done, and 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 I've on, I've noticed that specifically uh, when when it comes to black people, like mm-hmm. like. Rapists and murderers are on American currency. <laughs> like you can't. Don't tell me. Don't tell me about. Wow. Uh, uh, you know, I'll start messing with Michael Jackson when y'all start messing with Andrew Jackson. Wow. Like they, they almost. It's almost like. Wow. You know, we 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 only want to do the things that we do that to 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 look as if we're actually accomplishing something. Bill Cosby, what he did was atrocious. I believe it. I believe that to be true. I believe R. Kelly to be true. That didn't mean they didn't make people feel good or do things that uh that was resonant in society to this day we but you want to 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 erase everything ever done but you we got schools named after murderers and rapists Mm -hmm. today Mm -hmm. (laughs) you Mm -hmm. know what i mean so you make a very valid point let's give a little context yes make a very valid point either way you in this case uh using him as a reference to just say the portrayal um you know of the positive black man on television, you can count on two hands is who had the opportunities. And, you know, when I'm talking about you, I'm just talking about your growth uh, from stand-up comedy to TV, literally watching you um, shape and mold into this man here. uh, I love the redefining aspect to it. I love that there's a constant reinvention attached to what we do, man. And the reason why I say you deserve the flowers is because these are the real life examples, right? And and without the real life examples of people that have done it, still do it and are doing it, um, there can be a, a high level of confusion at some point yep. in one's career. Because you get to a place where you get fucking stuck, lost, and you don't know, yep. right? You don't know right. what the fuck, how the fuck. Wait, hold on. What, right. Is it up? Right. Is it down? Right. Am I done? Right. Is it... Oh, how did you right. get to books? Your author, right. you're, like right. it's a constant, it's a it's a revolving wheel of whatever we want it to be, man. And finding peace and happiness is the biggest. That's the that's the goal. That's the task it, at it, hand. It, it, people, and you never know. There's a big difference between self reflection and self destruction. Mm. And I think when we grew up, you had to be this way to be an artist and you had to be this way to be accepted and you had to do these things. It, it, it the had to of, of anything is almost this abstract concept that people uh, force on you. And you start to be comfortable when you know that you can function in that space and just be exactly who you are. And, and, and when you asked me a little while earlier, when did, when did this kind of transition happen? It took a whole lot of darkness for that to happen. Like when mm-hmm. I, when I was sick with COVID, I remember you called me in the hospital. I remember never get sick, never pass out on stage and have comedian friends. Y'all the fucking worst. Like I, it was like, hey, listen, we don't know what's gonna happen. Hey, nigga, take that tight ass jacket off. What's wrong? Hey, man, like, God damn. Jesus, it was your pants, Leo. Did you see your pants? Right. Jesus on, Christ, man. Home, man. I mean, I got so many calls, and and the nurse is like, I thought they were supposed to make you feel better. They don't. They don't. They they don't give a shit. They don't give a shit. 
Very scary know, moment, like, though. You and fucking Wanda and Jay Little and Jay. Very scary like, moment. Not making me feel better. Yeah. Do you understand? Scary, but... You understand how good it feels, though, when you finally get the person on the phone and the first thing that you see is intact is the sense of humor. Like, do you understand the feeling as a comic when you see one of yours go through something, something tragic, and you get them on the phone? By the way, people like you really care about that you're really calling a check on, because those lists are small for some. I know it's small for me. I know that list is small for me. So my call, I'm like really worried. And when you hear the, nah, man, God, this shit gonna be all right. I'm fucking, <laughs> just a stupid ass. And I got, the, the breath of fresh air that comes with that is so good because you're like, okay, they're still themselves. Like you don't want to yeah. see the change in person. Um, right. After- Said thing, so you know, man. I'm gonna tell you, I, we and we and we've been around long enough to see that happen to people. It's it's very interesting because if I if I were looking back, if I were tracking everything back, I, I think it was all that tumult that that you just couldn't control. Like even now, when stuff happens, you know, and it's not like I I don't think I can go three weeks without getting into some social media war with somebody about something. Mm-hmm. But even in that, I just Listen, I, I I believe what I say. I say what I believe. Uh, I, I try to be as open as possible, and I'm willing to take whatever sling and arrows come as a result of that. But the one thing you can't have is me. Like I, you, you can't have my perspective. You can't have mm. my belief in myself. You can't. You can have all of that other stuff, and that's external. And I'll leave it out there. But I'm. I, I fuck with me, man. I, I really like. <laughs> I'll sit down and ask me what I think about things. You want to know what I where I'm at now, Dio? I'm at a place now where. Hi, it's Stephen Colbert, and I'm here to tell you about The Late Show Pod Show, which is the podcast of The Late Show with me, Stephen Colbert. And I'm here with my uh, producer of the podcast, Becca. Hi, Becca. Hi, Stephen. So what do people get when they listen to The Late Show Pod Show? Let's, let's sell this thing. The extended moments, for sure, because we run out of time for broadcast, but we have plenty of time on the podcast. It's kind of like being a live audience member of the show because you get things that no one else hears. Listen to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert wherever you get your podcasts. I understand the importance of a break. And what I mean by break, I'm not talking about vacation all the time. I'm not talking about going, you know, destination, blah, blah, blah. I'm talking, we are in a position where we're constantly giving, right? Whether it's our time, whether it's our fucking, uh, you know, our our cadence, uh, whether it's information, we're constantly distributing. We're always putting out. Mm-hmm. And it's very rare that you receive when you're in these shoes mm-hmm. because you're responsible for so much and so many. So the weight and the pressure of all, it falls on you. And because you're always talking, but you're talking in the direction of out, you're really talking in the direction of in. The breaks that I realized were important were breaks for me to shut off and not receive anything and not put anything out. Mm-hmm. To just actually sit in self and, and reflect or think in a clear-minded way without right. being forced to go in a direction right. because of others' needs. Absolutely. And Absolutely. That, that's something that at the age 42, 
I've now adapted. And damn, 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 you, you put it, damn, you put it, okay. damn, damn, for this fucking time, Jesus Christ, what's happening? You look up, you look up and it's over. It's fucking over, man. Damn, dude. Uh, what are these wheels? I saw you, right? I say this to say, with the Monique situation, right? And it's a it's a tough thing for me. It's always a tough thing for me because I'm non-confrontational, Kev. Everybody know that. I don't fuck with nobody. I bother nobody. If somebody tell you they got a problem with me, the first thing you're going to say is, ah, that's, that don't sound like Kev. That motherfucker's Absolutely. himself. That, that's not him. I was in a fucking pickle because I'm like two friends of mine, two people in the business, two respected people in the business that you're, I'm watching have this moment and the moment is now transcending into so much other stuff. But in the moment, the thing that is so easy to overlook is that two fucking headliners are basically being pitted against each other. And to your, to no fault of yours or hers, our culture and our world, this is what we amplify. We amplify the... the um, I, 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 you know what, why I disagree? It, it was somebody's fault. Nobody had yeah, to know well, what was going I can't, you, I shouldn't have said that. Yeah, I can't, no, I can't say that. Okay, Listen, go ahead. Whatever argument we were having. Yeah. It's my only, this, listen, that audience didn't care about, we were making a lot of money then. Yes. That audience didn't care about who was going when and what happened. All that could, all that's for the course. Yes. But when you go out on stage and you try to set it on fire, just so the other person does poorly, that is something I've never seen before. When you, when that, an argument about a, a perceived contract um, devolves into you bringing up somebody else's daughter's sexual trauma, and just, you know, just for me, the only reason you know that is because of how transparent I am. The only reason yeah. people have privy to that information is because I said it a long time ago because I don't want to be weighed down and have my relationship with my daughter weighed down. This was something that happened years ago. My daughter was, and you know, I know we're talking about comedy, but my daughter was eight um, years old and her friend was eight and from eight to 13, they, he was touching, whatever. Mm -hmm. I find out about it at 20. And my first reaction was, you guys were eight and 10 and 13. That was, that was kid stuff. That was the wrong reaction because it, it denied her, mm -hmm. um, her feelings about it. She didn't feel like she could consent, whether it's eight or whatever. But when somebody takes something like that in a contract dispute and then puts a man in that room and makes it about anything else, that is a line that as a human being, I would never cross. Mm -hmm. I would never, it should have never come to that. And when you do things like that, you have no bottle. You have no more. There's no place you won't go. This whole thing played out like that because somebody decided that they would weaponize it. That's all. My response was my response. And even in that kid, I never tried to go for you. No, you, now, you, 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 have not, you have not responded in a jugular uh, attack. Which we know I'm capable yes. of and want to do yes. and want to do. Like you say, you're not non you're not competition. I'm not even. I'm, I'm I, very I, I glad don't. that you did not. I'm very glad that you yeah, did not. And, and, I, and I'm glad I didn't because I didn't want. But when you do that to my family, you do that to my family for some. For and now our, our relationship. You know what the worst thing for me was? Because when I see her now, she's reliving that all over again. I got. I, I, you know. I, I now she got to go back. To, this is the fucking all this because of. So somebody is at fault for that. Mm -hmm. That's somebody's fault. Somebody did it. 
So, so I have a, a, a sense of resentment for that. So, so there is no resolve here. This is, this is what it is. Yeah, there, there's a resolve. There's a resolve. I ain't fucking with you. I have nothing to say to you. I don't wish you ill. But I, you, you cannot do to my daughter. Do you realize, and if you know, you know me and my, like, we, we were very close to where I reacted. Yes. cost me years with her. Yes. Where she didn't trust me. Where she didn't, you know, we weren't as close. And, and, to, and then I got it back. You know, it took years of going to counseling and mm-hmm. hearing what I, you know, listening to somebody. Mm-hmm. Even when you don't want to. No, you, you, you admittingly, you admitted to handling a situation poorly at the young age. And, and then you take that and go, this is the kind of man this dude is. That's why he, that's why I can do these things to him. That's fucking, that's, that's, that's bottom. That's fucking as low as you can go. And so my resolve is to never be in the space with somebody who took me to a place where I got to think about that again. That's my resolve. So, and, and I can't, I, I won't do, I won't put myself in that situation again. As a friend and as a person on the outside, um, I'm a firm believer in people's business are their business and you let people handle their business. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not the guy that uh, embeds myself into others problems with the world of opinion. Right. But what I will say and just bring light to is that it's not many of us here. It's not many of us that share that level of success. It's not many of us that have had the opportunity to stand on that mountain and you both have, right? And I'm I'm going to I'm going to openly say I 1000% agree with wrong. Right. I 1000 percent agree with taking something and, you know, uh, taking the issue and making the issue several. I completely agree and see your point there. I I just want there to be a realization of it comes very few far and in between. And. We battle, man, you know, myself included with with some comics. Right. Like it's. There's this thing that we that we've done in our culture with our our levels of success and we we battle and ultimately we knock ourselves off. And I would I although there may not be a resolve, I just hope that there's a visual understanding that there's a mountain that you stand on as a fucking comedy king. Um, you know, and there doesn't need to be an ego attached to that. What's understood never needs to be said. Absolutely. The same thing that goes for her. And like, when you, when you see like a battle for this place on a mountain and when people are there and have been there, um, to me, that's the, that's the low hanging fruit, right? It's the, it's the small hanging fruit. So, you know, it it, it really is, uh, it really is, uh, um, the thing that's disconcerted me, it wasn't a fight to me. Mm -hmm. It wasn't at all. Mm-hmm. You said this, I say this. You say this is what it said, I say this is what it says. But you know that a deal memo and a contract are virtually stop. But you're trying to play like for people that don't know those kind of things. And then you say, I said all these things about you. I never responded to that. I don't, I don't, I don't care. I said all the things. Show those things I said. <laughs> Show if, if if I had actually said those things about you that you had ginned up in your mind and made a point to assault my character, mm-hmm. show those things as opposed to the jokes I've told or bringing my daughter into it. That's that's that's, that's, that's where you stand. We went to a place. We did. We went to, and I had no choice but to go. I can't cede you this this field to you because you're 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 making a mockery of the person that I am. You're trying to, 
and you did it to assault my character to show the one thing that you can't take from me is who I am. Now you can make all these things up. And the other thing you can't take from me, no matter what else, if I have to leave this tomorrow, I will never, never let somebody do what happens to mess with my daughter's head like that and put my family, even the stuff you said about my wife, like there's just places that you just, I would never limits. think to go. Yeah, off limits. That, but when you don't have a bottom, there's nothing I can, and you, when you demonstrate to me you don't have a bottom, what can I say to you? Well, what do I need to say to you? I don't, I don't there's think. There's nothing I need, for, I don't need anything from that space and it only puts me in a place where I'm angry and I got to get away from from who, I, who, I, who I'm trying to be and who I've evolved to. So to me, I have nothing to say about it. I was about to say, the biggest thing that we talked about is just the the calm and the, the right. strong sense of self that uh, right. you have now. Um, you know, I don't think you let anything rock you off of that. And like I said, it's a, it's a pickle for me because of my relationships on both sides. I got a tremendous amount of love for both of you. But the one thing that I just want to make sure I highlight is that it's low-hanging fruit. Well, I'm sure. And, you know, and that's, you know, that's the only kind so, I can read sometimes. <laughs> it's low-hanging low fruit, right? It's like, uh, I was using an example. I was using an example. Um, and it was like about like movies and, and credits, right? Like, uh -huh. you know, I don't work with a bunch of people and there's some people that want the top billing. And I'm like, I don't care. I'm still in a movie. You know, it doesn't matter where you put my name. I, the movie's gonna be fine. We're gonna be great. Like I, the things that the things that I deem as important are very small, right? Like I, I don't. Do you? Do you? Okay, and I, I, I really got it. You know, I never had a conversation about whatever about that ever, ever. I haven't talked to Monique in seven years. Seven years I haven't talked to her. Seven didn't. I had no idea anything was going on to you at that stage. None. I can't believe it. None. So now I don't not not believe it. So now all of a sudden I'm having an argument that I had uh, nothing of the sort happened. I went on stage and did my job. I would have never responded had this not escalated. And then you, you, I didn't try to take anything from anybody. This is the deal. Yeah. This is what I got. This is when I go. I got to the venue. And then all of a sudden that happened. This characterization that we, we were arguing over, I never argued with her about anything. Never. I haven't spoken a word to her before or since. And for somebody to then intimate that we had this conversation backstage and never happened. I swear on my children. I haven't speak, spoken to her in seven years. I haven't seen her. Even when we were working together, I didn't see her that night. I didn't speak to her. So how did all of a sudden we go into a contract dispute? It didn't happen. And even at that, how did that go into my daughter's bedroom? That's what I still don't get. I, I think you... Once again, you handled it well. I like that you didn't respond in the, uh, you know, the immature manner. And moving forward, you guys just don't have to work together. But yeah, I don't like to see my at. fucking, I don't like to see my 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 heroes fight. And I don't give a fuck where I am in my life or my career. I mean it when I say my heroes. I don't I don't like that. I don't like amplifying that space. So you know, uh, it the shit will die down. Yes, very. Um, I want to I want to shift gears, man. You know, and when you when you talk about, of course, uh, you and I mean just to go and, and do a recap for my listeners. Um, so many tears that we've that we've been through. You know, we've talked about the amazing involvement 
that DL has done um, as a man, just working on himself. Um, we talked about, uh, of course, his 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 basically role that he's played in amplifying opportunities for comedy um, within our culture, right? For putting the black man um, on display positively from TV to film. Um, you know, when you talk about comedy and the things that were necessary for the younger generation coming after, he was the guy that basically a, a handshake meant a lot, a pat on the back from him meant a lot when you went on to those platforms. Um, talked about the kings of comedy and that, that period of time. And we're now talking about, you know, the days now and how what he wants is just to basically be in a position where he can say how he feels and, and, and give his voice and lend his voice to others for them to hear him and, and understand his opinion and his thoughts, his ways. Um, more importantly, we talked about just the reinventing side to, to him and, and, and how in this wheel he's been able to present himself in different ways throughout the years as an author, as an actor, as a comedian, uh, as a radio host. So many fucking dope things. DL, if I were to ask you, right? For comedy, who, who shook the tree for you? Who was it that you looked at and said, man, fuck, I want that. From a talent, there, there are three or four, there, there are things that I remember. I remember um, one time years ago, we were at the Comedy Act Theater and Jamie Foxx walked in and I remember thinking, I was, I remember being mad at God. I was like, it's, I, how could somebody be that talented? Wow. <laughs> I was like, how could? Wow. I remember thinking that. I remember thinking, um, so I, I saw that with Jamie. I saw it with, uh, when we first started out, I remember uh, Robin Harris mm. at the Comedy Act Theater mm. was just a, a monster. And it made you recalibrate what you had in your inventory. But a contemporary that I used to work with, who every time I ever saw him work, it made me go right back to the drawing board was a, a dude named Teddy Carpenter. Fuck yeah. I, I hadn't ever seen anybody do what he did. I had never seen it. And, and to date, I can say that I've never seen anybody do what he did in those initial years when we were just kind of finding our way. And he was light years ahead of, all, in my perspective, of everything and I was doing. Everybody, so, Teddy Carpenter was the fucking. Yeah, I, I never, I was like, man, what's gonna happen to this motherfucker? This dude. He was a comics comic. Man, I was like, and so, so when I think of those kinds of people, uh, you know, and, and those spaces, all of those things didn't make me shrink back. They made me walk forward. They made me go, mm. well, I, I have to, I, there are things I need to work on. And mm. then after a while, you just, Look, I'm a manufacturer. This is what I make. I make red cups. You need a red cup. I got it. If you want a blue one, I ain't gonna retrofit my machinery. This is what, you know, <laughs> this I make this thing. Mm -hmm. And so I had to, I, you know, I just had to let go of all the other stuff and 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 just focus on the things I bought and what I could do. But all of those people, when I saw Jamie, I was like, wow, it's unfair. Somebody's that talented. I saw Robin Harrison, the things that he could do and the way he interacted with the audience, it was just unrivaled. And Teddy Carpenter, I'd never seen anybody to date or since do what he, initially he used to be able to do with the audience. I just had never, I had never seen it before. The amazing thing about Fox is that on top of being such an amazing talent, he's an amazing guy. Yes. Like he's yes. a- And I hated all of that. Loving, <laughs> yes. hated all he's of a it. loving, he is. he's a he loving is. guy. Yes. He's the guy that's like, man, I'm a fan. I came to see you, man. I love you, man. Would you, like, he's the guy yes. that 
he would love to support. He would love to extend love. Like he's he's a celebratory talent. He's and, a wonderful dude. Whether it's of himself or the ones he's around. I'm gonna tell you something, man. It's a lot like that. He's a lot like you. I'm telling you, I've never. There are people you meet in this business who you don't, who are not of it, mm. who are not of it. Mm. You know, like I grew up in LA, but I never grew up in this part of mm-hmm. it. But there are people who come here and they want to do this thing and they become something else. And you, you, I mean, and, and there's a certain amount of that almost in every, elementally and everywhere. But, but like, like there are good human beings mm-hmm. who happen to be superstars. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm telling you, Chappelle is like that to me, yeah. uh, where he's just a good dude Absolutely. who happens to be you, you, Jamie. It's like, it's like these mega stars who are just good dudes and would be that way anyway. And I think that that says a lot given the kind of climate industry and the impact, not only the impact, but the things that, that you've been through. So um, you, you're born, I think, with that. Mm. You're born with that level of humanity. And you can either drown it or, or, or let it expand. And I think you all have done just an amazing job at that. So and it's given given all the things and the temptations and pitfalls this industry mm-hmm. had, it's remarkable. I, have you have you been paying attention to the younger generation at all? Are you watching the younger comics? Sure. Are you uh, are you sure. a fan sure. of who, what, like who who is it that you feel uh, is moving the needle for you today? If you can name anybody, it's, it's so many um, young comics. But I will say this: that the wellspring that they draw from. Mm. Is so much more expansive than we ever like. I, I never could imagine the things that they talk about and the thing, the way they they structure jokes. I think generationally, I don't. I think that they're going to be able to just not not even just because of technology, but just how much bandwidth they have. Mm-hmm. And the things. It, it's when we grew up. You grew up in Philly. I grew up in L.A. Our, our world was so small, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so small. You talked about the things you saw, but they have the capacity, and and they have the wherewithal. To not only see much more, but to encapsulate it in 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 a, in a, in a uh, set or jokes or perspectives, and it's just it, it lets me know that this uh, art form is going to be around. So I wouldn't say I wouldn't, because you know, with specificity, this person. But I I think that this 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 generation, this genre, is is so much so tapped into just they can they can leave their world because they do. They don't have to start out at a narrow place. It's just so much broader. And it's just exciting to see. I think the good comparison is just looking at the NBA. And when you look at these athletes today versus the athletes oh, yeah, of, yeah, yeah. of yesteryear, yeah. you know, their training, their condition, you know, they're just, they're, they're, they have access to so much more. Um, so, yes, because that yes. their bodies are allowing them to perform at a, at a freakish rate. It's the same thing. That's a, that's a great right. A great breakdown uh, that you use. Yeah, if you're a fat NBA player, you're yeah. lazy. Like if you fat, like if you if you like, you could go if you like. If you, that's just look at all the things you have access to. All the things you can, you can, you can literally. The world is literally at your fingertips. Yeah, you could access anything. You could talk, and 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 the way that they're doing it makes me proud. But I think that when when we were talking about this earlier, when you see somebody who is in that space, in, 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 you know, in this in this kind of uh, genre and in, in this area, and they still don't try, mm-hmm. that's 
with hard for to take when it's just it's the it, you it's the low hanging fruit Absolutely. that you talked about. Like that's just that would be a dumb, lazy joke to me <laughs> back then. <laughs> so yeah, that's, I don't even know. BL, <laughs> I am I am blown away, man. I'm just I'm I'm blown away at your poise. I'm blown away at how polished you are, man. Uh, I mean it when I say you're you're just an inspiration, dude. Like I love the fact that you're Thank still you. doing you. I love that you made it very clear that you love you and and where you are. Like these are the things that I feel people need to hear, need to understand. And honestly, fucking take some of it, right? If you take nothing else from this yeah. goddamn podcast, take the opportunity to understand how important it is to get closer to yourself, to understand yourself, to put yourself in a brighter space yeah. because that's where you choose to be. Because that's damn sure what DL yeah. made very clear. It made me understand. It made me want to do more of. A fan, I will forever be. Uh, a friend, dude, you are. I am. I am. Likewise, thankful. Man. I'm thankful. I'm humbled uh, that you did it, man. Giving you your flowers while you're here is a priority. You, you got many more to come. And I'm going to try to be around for a little longer now. A lot, a lot longer. And give me some of that great wine you be drinking. What was that? You had a glass. I can send you. If you want some, I can send you a bunch of shit. I'll, I'll send you that. I got a tequila. Yeah. If you want, I know where you are. You know, I yeah. see you. I see you all the time in the mornings driving yeah. by. You be in Black Bentley. I see you all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I never see listen, you, but I, now listen, I see you. Tequila, wine. Done. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna tell you where it looks. Yeah, so yeah, you know we on, live in the same area, right? You, I, 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 you know why I know? You know why I know? I know? Because every time everybody thinks, is that yeah, they go. Like, it's not. It's not. Can, no, it's not guys, we're honest. not the same. We're not. We're not the same person. I see you <laughs> we're not in the yet. mornings. <laughs> you do like your little coffee stop or your run. You be in that area. <laughs> That's, that's how I see yeah, you. So yeah. I never stop. Yeah, um, yeah. And there's times like, you know, I don't want to, because I was teaching my daughter how to drive. So I was teaching my daughter how to drive. I would see because I had her over there in that parking lot. And that's where I would like have yeah, her parking yeah. and practicing. So I didn't want to yeah, yeah. jump out and disturb. But you'll always be like pulling out, going in. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, okay, they go DL. Always see you. I'm going to send you. You got a box <laughs> yeah. coming from me with both. Um, I'll get your address from DB. And I'll send you two big cases, two nice ones. Yes, all right. But I want the Man. wine you was drinking. I, I was like, I'm telling you, I got you. I got you. I'm going to send you. I got a fucking shitload of it. And I'm going to have you come over so you can see like the cellar and shit. I got some shit. Hell yeah. Yeah, Hell I yeah. got some shit. You, Damn flower and wine down. is better, baby. Yeah, you get <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Love it. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is Comedy Gold Mines. And oh my God, what an amazing mind we got into today. DL Hughley, thank you so much for coming on, man. We will talk soon. For sure, man. I'm looking forward to it, man. Be good to chop it up with you. As always, man. I'm very proud of you, too. My guy. Comedy Gold Mines is a serious XM and LOL audio production. Executive produced by Kevin Hart, Ty Randolph, and Eric Weil. With Tastemakers Media, Emil Garner, and Ian McDonald. Hi, it's Stephen Colbert, and I'm here to tell you about The Late Show Pod Show, which is the podcast of The Late Show with me, Stephen Colbert, and I'm here with my uh, producer of the podcast, Becca. Hi, Becca. Hi, Stephen. So what do people get when they listen to The Late Show Pod Show? Let's, let's sell this thing. The extended moments, for sure, because we run out of time for broadcast, but we have plenty of time on the podcast. 
It's kind of like being a live audience member of the show because you get things that no one else hears. Listen to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert wherever you get your podcasts. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30.